Hey friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, DJ Boyd. Uh, I am in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, here with two friends. Um, we are the home of Emmett Kelly. <laughs> Emmett's laughing at me a little bit. And I'm here with Alex Dupree. And uh, Alex and I have known each other here for, did we figure out something like, like 11 or 12 years? Or yeah, like that more than 10. Yeah. Uh, from Austin. Are you originally from Texas? I grew up in Dallas, yeah. Dallas, okay. I thought so. Emmett and I met in Chicago. Let's see. I think, I, but I think I met you through the Pillars and Tongues folks. For sure, pretty, pretty sure about that. Um, Emmett has been Cairo Gang. Um, I think I also met you in the context of touring with Will Oldham. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna start with Alex. Um, but you play in a few bands now, yeah. I Mr. do. Paradise. Yeah, I play in a country band called Mr. Paradise. Cool, cool. And then uh, duets project with Don and Dupree. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you have a worst show ever for us? Well, I, you know, worst show ever. There's a lot of contenders. Okay. But I tried to come up with one that was a good story. Yeah. Okay. So, here's the setup. Okay. We're in New York. It's just like, go to New York, play around the city, do a few little, you know, jaunts from the city and come back. Coming from Austin? Coming from, I'm coming from out here, and then my friend Bradley Curl playing okay. drums and he met me up there okay and we both have friends up there so it was gonna be like hang out with friends you know do like five or six shows yep kind of reconnect and do that thing um my buddy Keith who plays as the Shivers was up there and he kind of was helping us organize this group of shows and uh I picked this one for the worst show ever not because I don't know it wasn't... The show itself was fine. It was just a poorly attended show right. in a random city like many others. And this was, this was in New York or this was... This was in Winooski, Vermont. Oh, okay. Uh, and that was the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not trying to shit on anyone. Like, everyone did fine. Like, the Booker was fine. The other bands were actually awesome but it just uh, you know everything conspired okay yeah to create a very like unfavorable environment okay so we've done a few shows in new york and we played in woodstock and had a really fun time playing uh a show there that this guy had set up he had also set up the show in winooski vermont okay you know so it's like fine it's what six hour drive but that's not horrible we can drive up there yeah. do a little show come back um, and it's me and Keith and Bradley in Keith's station wagon which he had been living in Woodstock I think at some point and had like bought this as like a drive around town kind of car probably for like a couple hundred dollars okay 93 Volvo station wagon okay uh, we get in the car to go up to Winooski and there's a like gaping hole in the exhaust pipe it's like driving a lawnmower it's like so loud <laughs> okay. driving this car and also there's no air conditioning and right. it's like summer vermont apparently it's hot i didn't it's, know it's real hot it's pretty it yeah. was pretty hot so we have to have the windows down because it's just unbearable yeah without. did he wait so i'm curious had he just not taken it on the freeway before like was it not as loud when you're driving around town and then he got on the freeway and realized it's much louder i don't know like, I, 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 mean, was I, Keith, I think so it was keith's car was he surprised about how loud it was on the freeway or just you guys because you had been in the car before it's that's hard to say okay. i think that there was some i think there was some wishful thinking all around like okay. yeah this car will be fine we can we can do it you know and then you know once you tried it realized maybe it wasn't ideal yeah but uh so the car the windows down too is like amplify you know it's even louder you have the wind coming through and then the car you hear the sound of like the exhaust yeah so it ended up being like maybe a six hour drive in which you couldn't listen to music or really even talk to each other because it was so loud and so hot okay uh and you know kind of that's that's bradley's toured a bunch keith is like an old hand everyone is fine everyone is like gonna make the best of it this is not ideal but we can handle this um 
but you know it like wears you down uh, the heat the kind of like monotony of it and then we got up to Winooski to the I think it was called like the monkey house or something yeah um looks like a cool bar meet the other band uh they're really cool they're called famous letter writer I think they were from like Burlington yeah Vermont which was like the first moment of like kind of heart sink you know you get to the place and you realize like there's no local band right on the bill now I think I don't I've never played in Winooski I played in Burlington but the they're like right across they're pretty close to each other right it's like it was far enough okay. I mean it was like I think they had been on the road for a few hours oh okay um or maybe maybe I'm wrong uh, maybe they live like upstate but like worked in Burlington or okay. something there was some like Burlington connection but they were on tour as well but they were like yeah traveling. they were traveling yeah and uh and so we were like you know kind of the only people at the bar setting up right. realizing this is gonna be a pretty quiet show I think it was probably like a Monday or a Tuesday also right. okay uh and so, you know, maybe a little bummed, like, oh, that was a really long, hard drive, and we don't really know anyone up here, Right. and are we just going to, like, drive back after the show and stay in Woodstock again? That's what we decided to do after, like, we went and got food, like, let's just go back after the show, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, the show itself was okay, you know, like, there were a handful of people, like, playing pool. <laughs> and the <Yeah>. other bands and <laughs> right. you know right. but normal like Monday Night Random Town who are you kind of show right. um, Famous Letter Writer were really good The Shivers is amazing it was a cool bill just no one really there to hear it right um, and then we've decided to just split right after the show I think we walked out with like I think $17 okay I, I don't know something very small <laughs> under twenty definitely right. under twenty yeah kind of like a like a like a tip that's like a penny you know it's like almost more insulting than like not getting any money just to get like yeah anyways so we take our seventeen dollars it's pouring rain by the time the show is okay. is done and so you know like we we don't have a place to stay here we made seventeen dollars definitely not gonna like get a hotel or something in Winooski so we throw everything back in the station wagon windows up this time because of the rain it was an incredibly treacherous drive Keith was driving Uh, all of the like problems with the car were revealing themselves okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) headlights not really like up to the task of this summer thunderstorm okay um Poor Bradley is sitting in the front seat, like, just, ha- you know, he has, like, a one-year-old kid at home. I'm just imagining, like, the thoughts going through his head, like, why am I endangering my life for this show in Winooski, Vermont, <laughs> for $17? <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, like, Keith is, like, knuckles gripped on the steering wheel, like, just trying to, like, see through the rain and then the, you could see like the white line of the road curve away and like he swerves to oh, the, there's a lot of swerving a lot of like zero visibility I, I, I don't know I'm from Texas thunderstorms big highways it's all like pretty innocuous yeah. I've like never felt so scared from driving in the rain right like, <laughs> <laughs> just because of how garbage this car was I, I think mean, just like it just you couldn't see like yeah. it was dark it was way you know this little like winding road to get up there was through the woods and the you know the road wasn't like kept up that well okay yeah and 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 there's just a lot of like a lot of anxiety right you know piled on a long day this is like six hours up there and then doing the show and then we're looking at like another six hours back to woodstock in the middle of the night i was gonna say the show probably i imagine it got out like yeah, like 11 or 12 or something yeah I think we left it like I think we left at midnight just yeah. like got out of there yeah that's rough uh so tensions are are high okay in the car emotion I don't know yeah. just like the just the general like frustration simmering frustration we survived the thunderstorm took our 17 dollars uh 
I decided that we might as well just buy scratch offs. Like that would be, you know, <laughs> the most. That would be the <laughs> like, best investment. Uh, when like on the way back. Or After we so we made it out to... of the we made it out of the thunderstorm. But you we're, make it but we're to... not back in Woodstock okay. yet. We're at some little town in I don't know somewhere between somewhere. I don't even remember how it works. Woodstock. Okay, the state lines right. are like over there. Okay, but we're at a gas station. You know, we need to do something to like yeah. chill and like restore uh, camaraderie or whatever. So it's like let's just seventeen dollars. What the hell? Let's just like buy scratch offs and see if we can make some money. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I've never. I don't think I've ever thought of that. <laughs> you know, it's like, why not? Yeah. Have you bought scratch offs before? Not. You know, Whitney, who I do Don and Dupree with, she's like a big scratch offs okay. believer. Like, you know, she'll pick one up when she gets gas. It's like a do- you know, buy a dollar one. Okay. Just, yeah, it became kind of like a fun thing i've never like played in any serious way but yeah. if i'm on a road trip now i think like oh yeah i'll buy one for a dollar okay and then you know then you save it and then it becomes you have this like story it's like when is it going to be the lucky time to like do the scratch off okay but there was no like story it was like we just need to do something we ended up winning 24 dollars. so okay you know hell yeah <laughs> at first at first it was like awesome we like made more money and then started to process i could have just like Stayed home and bought a scratch off. <laughs> maybe you might not have won twenty four dollars. True. I yeah, mean, you it's all have that it's all off. give and take. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're feeling good. We've like made. Now, did you spend made a little the full more money. seventeen dollars on the scratch off? All of it. Yeah. And then so you made twenty four. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we we made a like profit of. Seven dollars. Yeah, <laughs> a sound investment. Yeah. And so what did you guys do with the seven? But bucks? think about it like a percentage, you know. Yeah, that's a think that's about pretty heavy that. percentage. Of Seventeen. I love these games of, of <laughs> if you think about it like this, then what I did that was shitty was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's touring, man. Yeah, that, there's totally <laughs> that's like kind of, that's all it is. Yeah, I feel um, like that that makes me think of how I used to go bowling, and because I'm a terrible bowler. I would try to think of it in terms of like your batting average. Like oh if right! You, if you hit if you hit half the pins, that's like batting a five point like Yeah, that's amazing. Baseball is great for that because the batting average is so low that it's like that really helps with yeah. a lot of yeah. metaphors. Yeah. Uh, well, we were almost back, so we're excited about our seven dollars that yeah. we just added to the pile, and uh, of course, but now we're in a town. And as we're getting back on the highway, pulled over, like, immediately. Because the car is so loud. Like, these two oh, cops. Oh, the cops pulled you. Okay. Yeah, pulled us over. Uh, at this point, I don't know, it's probably, like, 2 in the morning. Maybe 3 in the morning. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It was really late. You know, and they were just hanging out, looking for someone to pull over, I guess. Right. And we were, like, just absurdly loud coming yeah. down the road so they ended up being like reasonably cool as far as like cops who were pulling you over in a small town in the middle of the night right go <laughs> but we did get a ticket it, and i guess in new york we were in new york at that point that's right because it was like a new york thing so we could take care of it in new york uh it was like 24 hours to fix the car and then the ticket is you know waived Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's fine. That's better than it could have been. But it also meant that we, once we finally made it back to Woodstock, we, like, crashed, woke up in the morning, went to go find Swedish Dave, from whom Keith had bought this Volvo. Okay. And we had to, like, like rush him, at, like, get him away from his family in the morning, like, get him to come, like, help us fix the car, or at least, like, sign off that we had, you know, got the exhaust fixed before okay. we could, like, finish our drive back to the city for our show right. in the city. Okay. So the next day, it ended up just being, like, us hanging out at Swedish Dave's place, kind of just, like, waiting on the car all day, and then driving it back, still with no AC, into brooklyn where we had like our last show right so i don't know if that was like the worst show ever but the whole 
ordeal the, of yeah. traveling up there. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, why did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. That's like, when I'm thinking about the worst show, it's like the show that, like, I just shouldn't have gone. Yeah. I should have just stayed in Woodstock and hung out and had a fun time and bought some scratch-offs. Right. <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of, like, uh, right. risking my life on this, like, winding, thunderstorming road. Right. Uh, Giving a ticket on top of it. Yeah. I mean, when I think about routing now, this is this is the thing, right? When it when a when a city is at least on the way to somewhere, yeah, it puts it takes the stakes down a little bit. I yeah. Feel like anytime you have to go, when you're going somewhere, knowing you're gonna full on come right back, then it just puts the stakes higher. I mean, you do it if it's a good show, but I feel like I don't really go to Miami, and I think that's. I think that's the main reason why I also don't like Miami that much but but I think the main thing is that anytime I go to southern Florida I know I'm going to turn around yeah and like how good would a show have to be to justify going like all the way there and then coming right back yeah and it's not on the way to anything um but I mean we still we do it sometimes you just like yeah I'm going to go there have a bad show and turn around and come back. It was poorly conceived, but, right. you know, you didn't, no one knew that at the time. Right. <laughs> That's what, uh, Bradley and Keith were both, I mean, awesome, and it could have been way worse in terms of, you know, if someone had, like, lost their temper or something, but everyone's cool. Everyone. I really, it's, yeah, I have, like, their other bad shows are, like, bad because, someone is like in a weird mood or because like someone at the venue is like being shitty to you or yeah. you have to like argue with somebody to get paid or, or yeah yeah where there's like a fight or I don't know it's like all sorts of stupid stuff but this right. was just you know the elements I was telling and just before you arrived I was curious or at least we were talking about this last night Alex and I played a show last night um, in Mount Washington and that show, when you and I toured together, I think it was like 2007? Yeah, that yeah, that's, right? That's, that's right, I think. Um, there was one show that I wondered if you were going to mention as like, uh, not because it's, it's not as good of a story, it's not that much of a story, but just that that show in, um, was it Columbus? Columbus, Ohio? I don't remember the name yeah, of the place. Yeah, well, I, I remember the show. Yeah. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where I I find a lot of times expectations go a long way in setting up a bad show, right? Like if you have reason to expect one thing and then that shifts and that was one where we got there it was just dead and mm-hmm. we all had sort of like uh, eased in, sort of gotten comfortable with the idea this will just be a show where we don't really make much money there's not people there but we'll just like listen to each other's set. It was like you, me, and Balmeray, and we all liked each other's music, so it was like, ah, oh, this is going to be a quiet one. Yeah. And then I think I maybe played first, and for my set, that's what it was. And it was just like, you and Balmeray hanging out, and like a yeah. couple other people listening, some people at the bar maybe. And then I think it was in the middle of your set that like, suddenly like a huge like frat crew came in or something, like a bunch of, I think some game had just let out. And if I remember right, the door guy decided that he would rather that those people come in and spend money on beer even <laughs> and not charge them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so he just like let, I don't remember how many there were, but maybe like 10 or 12 like loud, obnoxious dudes all come in at once and they just completely took over the place. Man, in my memory, maybe it was 10 or 12, but in my memory it was like 50. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like a whole fraternity yeah. that just like took over the bar. Yeah. Uh, but that was like I just was on stage and then after, like in the middle of a song, like the whole energy of the place just changed. It just was so loud. Yeah. And yeah, I remember like just shouting like a maniac, like at in the middle of a song, I couldn't really yeah. hear, and I just like started shouting the lyrics that I was singing. Was, okay. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember because normally in a situation like that, if if it's like a couple of people, 
And if I'm not the one playing, I am happy to be the, the shisher. Like, if it's a quiet vibe and somebody's not respecting that, I'll be like, hey, can you guys keep it down, you know? Yeah. But that was, it was so beyond that. There oh, was yeah. No, we were out no for was, sure. Yeah, like, no one gave a shit. There was <laughs> nobody, nobody was interested in that there was music going on. They might as well have been on TV. They just didn't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's not, that one's like not that, it's not that special. I mean, that happens all the time, I guess. But it, that one, when I first asked you, I was like, oh, I wonder if you'll tell us that one. <laughs> uh, just, I yeah. think just because we happen to be on that one together. Um, Sadly, there's too many. There's a lot. A that, lot uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kelly, do you feel like... Yeah, um, similarly, like, you know, it's interesting to think of because there's, like, such a vast array of terrible shows, yeah. you know, and, and reasons why they're terrible. And, uh, but I think that one, obviously, the getting to and fro has more often than not just completely ill conceived, you yeah. know, but, uh, so I thought I'd tell you about a show that was just the show itself was really just the worst thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so the tour was, I was hired to direct a group for a singer and we were in Europe and the band was sort of my responsibility, which was, they were an amazing band. And, but, you know, they would often defer to me for, various things that I just felt like were, like, kind of... I don't know, I, I, I definitely learned that there's, like, a trick to certain certain things that I just had never thought about before. Like, for example, counting a song off, you know, was, like, right. establishing the tempo as the count-off, you know? Yeah. Like, never once had I ever thought that that was, like, a problem. You know what I mean? Because it just seems like... Right. Not only do we all know how the song goes most of the time, but, like, it's, like, insane to think that, like, my count is just absolutely right. I mean, I know... I play with so many bands where the drummer counts the thing off and it's, like, completely off-tempo in the count-off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You you know how the song goes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... And so it's there's always this kind of thing with like these like we're counting it off, but so it was like this thing where I was playing with this drummer who was very, I don't want to call it a cop out because I kind of feel like it is, but it's not. It's just he him just being like, listen man, you set the tempo and I'll do it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. all right, you know what I mean? But like I was aware that his style was kind of up in front of the tempo. So okay. I would count the tempo off and he would just be like right kind of on top of it, which was a little sketchy because sometimes it's not like that, you know, or sometimes it comes off to being too fast. Right. It's always like a hair off, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was okay. Everything was fine up until this one show. And then it, it just became this major anxiety because what happened was we're in Vienna and it was really hot. It was just this kind of horrendous place that was a big, huge beer garden and a venue and a blah, blah, blah. It's like one of those like European sort of multi-purpose oh, do you giant know what called? kind of places. I have no idea. Like I didn't, I've played a place in Vienna like that, but I can't I mean, it was a nice, it was like an old-ish kind of area thing, but yeah. I don't know what it was. I, I don't, it's the only time I'd ever been in Vienna and it was like a... I always kind of consider Vienna to be, like, my, like, worst kind of place. Okay. Well, just because of this. I mean, I'd like to go back. I'm, like, really interested in the <laughs> Austrian... Right. Uh, a lot of Austrian things, and so... I, I assume you're back. saying that because you know a lot of Austrians are listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, I love Austria. <laughs> Except for the Prime Minister. He can go fuck himself. <laughs> but, uh, okay. just as a... Yeah. Uh, Vienna's crazy. But anyway, we were there. We, um, or there was a football game on and as anyone who's ever traveled around Europe knows it's top priority is football not not to mention the fact that we've traveled thousands of miles and oceans etc to get there to perform yeah it didn't matter so the game had to end and then we could play and so this is one of those brutal games where it's 
going into like its fifth overtime or something. <laughs> and uh, and it's ridiculous because it's like how it always one thing. I mean, I, I'd love to get into football because I I'd love to share that experience of excitement. But it, it's it's always fascinating to me how every time, almost every time I like endeavor to watch a game, it always comes down to a penalty kick. Okay. Which is kind of like a thing where it's like, how anticlimactic is that? Where it's like, you're just gonna like stand there and it's gonna go. I mean, people talk about how baseball is really boring, but yeah. like the, the penalty kick is like so much tension, and I dig it. But it's like amazing that that's like all this leads up to this like kind of moment where it's just one guy against one guy. Right. You know what I mean? And it just seems kind of like a given or something, and like it's hard to feel the penalty kick. Okay. You know, so that's kind of amazing that it comes down to the goalie I can't imagine you right. know but anyway so it was five overtimes and it each time it came to a penalty kick okay I was just kind of like when the fuck are we gonna just like keep doing penalty kicks until somebody fucking wins right you gotta stop and have an overtime go do this thing whatever needless to say everyone was kind of like what the fuck are we gonna play this show or not you know right. what I mean it's getting late it almost seems like we're it's threatening the, the the show itself you know what I mean right is the show even gonna happen we're in this sort of attic dressing room area and it got to a point where we had now waited for hours it, it could seem like we were waiting for more than more hours and so whatever we're kind of potheads you know what I mean okay <laughs> we're like a started smoking some joints you know what I mean totally seemed normal you know what I mean like I I've been on so many different tours where drugs had played a role into the performance here and there you know be it like a psychedelic thing or some even more screwed up thing or but weed is kind of like classic you know what I mean yeah yeah but uh so we're smoking pot and whatever and uh I noticed that the singer wasn't but it wasn't like a, I didn't think twice about it. It just kind of didn't even occur to me, whatever. So we finally make it onto the stage. It's brutally hot. Everyone is fucking wasted. You know what I mean? Like the, the audience. You know, okay. They've been there for five overtimes drinking, right. waiting for the game to end. And, and uh, it was like we started playing the show. And it was going good. And there was this one song that was like this really, it, it's important that it needs to be slow. You know what I mean? And so I was, like, counting the song off. You know what I mean? And, I'm, and I, I, f- I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, how is this, like, the thing? You know, and, like, the performance of this show is me counting it off. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like the most <laughs> ridiculous kind of detail. At least it had been, but it was really now really important that I counted it off right. Okay. So I count the song off, and we're playing it. And it's kind of fast, you know what I mean? Okay. And uh, I kept on, like, kind of, like, thinking, like, if I lean back physically, I could, like, kind of communicate to the drummer, like, chill out, you know what I mean? Like, play a little slower. But he's just, like, his whole thing is, like, you set the time, man. You know, it's, like, it's never going to be, like, a thing where we could just figure out what the right tempo is. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, whatever, it's a little fast. Just remember that we're extremely high. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and in between two of the verses, it's this long song. It's supposed to be very slow. Singer looks over to me and he's like, "So is it because you guys are super stoned that it's this fast, or what?" Yeah, wait, in the middle of the song. In the middle of the song. Okay. And I was just like, uh, what? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it just immediately drove a spike into my soul and broke my brain. You know what I mean? I was like, holy fuck. I am extremely high right now. Did I count that off like this? Like, I don't even know. I thought it was good and I think it might be okay. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) And, but I don't, I don't even know. And, and so then basically for the rest of the night, from the rep of that song was just a nightmare, like a literal nightmare. I was like, I can't play this song right now. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, 
Well, I've, it's totally ruined the experience. I mean, obviously the experience is ruined for for him, for me, for everyone. Right. No, everyone. No one knows. It's just me and him. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and uh, well, that's what I was gonna say. And, like, because they're just playing. They're doing their trip. It doesn't. But obviously something weird is going on. But whatever. And so it ends up being like this thing where I, uh, the rest of the show, I was just like, okay, one. To, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, fuck, this is driving me crazy. And every single song was just wrong. You know what I mean? And I had no concept of rhythm anymore. I was trying really hard, but I was second guessing every single motion I was making with my body. It was like completely like gone haywire. And I remember, it made me think of this time, of this time that like I was like over, when I was like living in Boston and I was like getting fucked up on mushrooms for the first time and I, we would have like these jams you know and I remember it was like maybe the second time I'd taken mushrooms and I was like man I let's this should just get really crazy you know what I mean and so like I was kind of like I was playing bass and I was like sending it kind of out and then I realized at a certain point that I couldn't come back because I was actually <laughs> tripping really hard and then I kind of, you know it was like it reminded me of that like where I just yeah. completely lost all sort of uh, any semblance of like a ground level you know what I mean so I was like completely fucked up the whole show so we had another I don't even know how long the show happened it could have been 20 minutes it could have been it seemed like it was like an eternity it was like the worst show of my life I was like I couldn't tell what was fast or slow or in between or cool or not cool I couldn't hear anything yeah it screwed my whole perspective up and so uh finally the show was over and these fucking dudes at the show you know I mean it's like they couldn't obviously the show sucked you know what I mean okay, yeah. we get up the stage and we're obviously like fuck that was the worst show of all time you know I mean it was just like the dudes that were just kind of like being like you have to keep playing you have to keep playing you know and it was just like like the, the venue first. yeah yeah the venue. Okay. it was just like it was just kind of like we were just kind of kept getting thrown into this like horrendous situation and it was like all these like drunk Austrians which right. which you know like I don't know I have no like I have nothing ill to say about drunk Austrians you know what I mean <laughs> okay. the sound of the German voice has been kind of in- embedded into me by like watching uh Indiana Jones okay. and top, <laughs> top Secret. You know the 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 top, top Secret like slapstick comedy with Val Kilmer, where he could, it's like he's like this American pop star that goes to Ger- Nazi Germany to like play, and it's like okay. this hilarious like it's the same guys made Airplane, you know. Oh, okay. So it's I like complete know. nonsense, you know okay. what I mean? But you hear this voice of this German voice, yeah, and it just immediately sends you to this memory of like harsh whatever and some like these drunk german voices you know and i'm just like this is the worst possible scenario you know what i mean yeah that's not a good place to be super high i was extremely high (laughs) and it was like i mean but it was i was it was i was crushed i mean it wasn't even at that point i was no longer high i was completely completely vanquished you know what i mean like destroyed i had no sense of reality and i was playing i i should have just like cracked my guitar in half and I was just like this is over <laughs> I'm done you know what I mean what can make this show any better like I should I should just like kill myself you know what I mean but that wait, would be more entertaining if you you normally so just to understand though like you you smoke weed before shows sometimes before. I mean well that was the thing like, is like I started to realize that like you know if you're gonna smoke pot before the show it's either the people that you're playing with have to be like they totally don't give a shit or they're smoking pot with you right you know what I mean because it's okay. like you gotta be on the same page. Oh, I see. So, you know, if the music is malleable, like if it's situational kind of music, like you can't not be on the same wavelength. Right. But if it's shit that you're just kind of, I mean, I've done like uh, gigs where it's like you play in a band and like you're playing basically the same thing every day. Yeah. You, 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 I I like want to get get high because it, it makes me feel like I can play weirdly or something yeah. you know what I mean or I'm more impulsive or feeling it differently but if it's 
in this kind of weird nebulous state all the time it's like everyone has to be on the same page or else it just seems like somebody's veering off in this direction and somebody's veering and then somebody tries to walk the line or something I right. don't even know but so it's really the singer's fault for not smoking weed <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I mean I, I, I like, like I like that read I on it like I mean <laughs> but at the same time it's basically I didn't smoke pot in this band like ever again until you know unless it was like a, a everyone was you yeah. know what I mean because I was just like terrified right <laughs> terrified of screwing up and like but the other thing that's so weird is that it's like yeah, like counting off a song, like what the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just blew my mind. No, I was playing guitar, but it was like it was like you know, like I was the kind of leader of the group, and so it was like I had like you know, I, me and the drummer, like I brought the drummer in, and he was like a sort of X Factor type musician, you know, he was like a sort of free improviser, and okay. but he's like a phenomenal drummer, you know, yeah. what I mean? and so it was like kind of like. We wanted some different spirit, and so it was like, you know, it would be. I thought it was a great idea. It was a it was a good idea, but it was just like he was sort of my responsibility, right? And like, uh, I I I had to like kind of like be like, and then I started to realize like how fucking difficult it is to do that. And then and it's strange because like ever since then I have this weird um, kind of pet peeve about drummers who can't count things in. Yeah, I was gonna say that's, I've never played in the band <laughs> where the drummer, if there needed to be counting where the drummer wasn't the one doing it. No, for sure. I mean, it's like, it's, it, it's well, I've noticed and, and I notice it now ever since then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whoever is running the band is the one counting it in. Okay. I mean, sometimes the drummer is the one who does it because the drummer just kind of takes that responsibility on. Yeah. But it, it's interesting to see, like, you know, like, in the jazz band, you'll see, like, the whoever is, like, kind of calling the tune will sure. kind of count it off or whatever. Sure. But, or, you know, I loved listening to, like, those bootleg recordings of John Lennon in the studio, and, like, no matter what song he would be, you'd hear him be like, all right, ready, guys? Oh, one, a two. You know, and he would he'd do this really yeah. excited count off, you know, where everyone's just like, fuck yeah, like, you know, and then you'd hear <laughs> like the, then you'd hear people do the thing where they're, you're like, one, two, three, and they just, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, and then I realized like how important counting a song off is, okay. you know what I mean? Like, which is kind of ridiculous. It's like the most ridiculous part of a song because it's not even the song. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, but, um, and it's weird because, yeah, like, the, if anyone counts a song off and they don't like know exactly where to count the song from, it starts to drive me crazy because it's like, fuck man, that was like literally like the worst experience of my life was learning how to count a fucking song. And, like, <laughs> please, can you learn how to count? A song? <laughs> you know, it's just trippy and like you know figuring out where the song, like at which point the song, the tempo is represented in the song best. Like, you have to immediately go into that part of the song in your head and count it from that part. Right. And it's totally insane, because it's like, whoa, yeah, it sucks when the song's too fast. Especially if you're the singer, you have to, like, garble through the lyric or something, whereas, like, right. you, you can't interpret it or do whatever the fuck. Or if it's too slow, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, that's so fucking boring, or, you know. Right. But it's like, yeah, I never even once had ever thought about that before. Right. And so it was, like, kind of crash-coursing into this, like thing and, and mis, you know poorly judged like let's smoke like three joints before the show you know what I, mean? Like, <laughs> I mean it wasn't even like let's I'll take a tiny hit you know right. like let's get ripped you know yeah. so I'll never do that again you know what I mean like right. unless everyone else is gonna be like let's just get ripped and do this you know but like, no count yeah like, <laughs> you fucking count the song off. Let's just, how about let's not even fucking count it all let's just like start yeah I have, like, this weird thing where, like, my my road work is, like, about a quarter of it has to do with what I do personally, and the rest of it is with uh, other people on their page. Yeah. It's interesting because they all are vastly different, but these fundamental things are always the same, which are, like, getting there, being there, leaving there. And it's, like, kind of amazing because, like, you know, having the experience of playing... In, in Winooska Winooska? Winooski? Winooski? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Winooski. I mean, it's like literally like 
the exact same or, you know, as being in some weird giant show and, you know, wherever, you know what I mean? Because you're always in this precarious situation where you're right. like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Whose idea was this? Yeah. Oh, this was my idea. idea was this <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. And, you know, but it's interesting because, like, you know, the, I don't know, I definitely consider, like, uh, I stopped doing gigs where, are like that, where I'm, like, kind of being hired to, like, do a task because, like, I want to be just part of a, a thing. You know right, what I mean? right. And, and like, a, just the idea of, like, I stopped um, being a hired guy a while ago. Okay. In general, I mean, you could say like that was a terrible experience of the, of the show or something, but like this, you know, it's like there 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 were entire tours that I made me like question whether or not I wanted to ever play guitar again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, okay. That has to do with something completely different, you know. Like what? Like the more the well, just your role in in those. Not even bands. my role, but just the fact of the music sometimes being this thing where it's just like it's like made to be bought and sold you right. know what I mean it's like not about any kind of like right and 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 there's like a, an emotional manipulation that goes in you know where it's like you, you'll find yourself in this like plastic group playing in front of these plastic people and right. everyone's walking out there being like so spellbound and like they, they touched their emotional something and it's just like how the fuck you, it's like, this is so fucked up this is like yeah. a perverse reality I mean it's like and because and, and then you're leaving and it's like you don't have anything to sh show for it like in a spiritual yeah. sense you know right. what I mean it's like this canned music you know yeah. what I mean and like it was interesting because like somebody had a I'd saw somebody at the KG Haino Peter Brotsman show and it was like they didn't go the night before because they went to go see this band as a friend of theirs, you know, really well-known band. And uh, he went to go see them and he came to the show and he was like, man, you know, I'd seen this band play like a hundred times and I've never been really upset by it before until now because it just, it, I realized that it's just like this totally canned yeah. music you know what I mean and I was just like wait did he realize that at the Brotsman show no he realized it like that night at the show and so yeah. he came to the Brotsman show after the oh, okay. on the first night afterwards to just like hang out and like see if he could catch anything because who knows it could have been like when Fushitsusha played and uh, they, they played for three hours and so okay. it could have been some right. insane long show but it wasn't it was like 40 minutes long or something okay so he missed it, but like he was just like he came there because he's like I I wanted to see something that was like happening in real life instead yeah. of like this like regurgitation of like a weird safety net that you make right. you know, is is your income you know and and, right. and is in the gyre probably and you know the whole like ruining the world that you know, <laughs> right you know. but like you know that's that that's real like it's a completely different thing it's like and and you know like going back to like what. You know, why did you come? Why did you make the decision to go here to to when you to play the show or to, to come to Vienna to play the show? It's like because it's you know you're obviously not playing some fucking bullshit, right? And there is like an interesting thing about like having a an, having a situation occur. It's like or playing in front of no one at some shithole in the middle of nowhere. Some bunch of jock dudes show up or like I've I've been to these shows once where. This guy, uh, this band played, and it was just like a bunch of neo-Nazi skinheads shot right. up and like just terrorized everyone, and it was like the most terrifying show to be at, you know? Right. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, how? and it's like, well, I don't know. I'd much rather be in, being in that situation than being like playing in some shitty band that like you're just you could probably do blind drunk and like right. You know? Or you just have no investment. And no one has any investment right. outside of. You know, monetary, right? You know, well, so th I mean, Alex, your story made me think of this too because it, it's. I know in hindsight, we play these shows where you're like, Why the fuck did I do that? Yeah, I should have just stayed home. But part of it is you don't know what's going to happen, right? You don't, yeah, totally. you do try to get better as years go by at, at being able to predict. There's certainly times now, if like 
I'm trying to play a show. I'm trying to set up one thing, and they're like, oh, we can do it this. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I know how that's going to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, you, but you still never know for sure. And there is this tendency, and musicians do it, but I feel like everyone does it to some degree, where you say, well, well you never know. And I, well, actually, I'm, I'm sort of arguing with my own point when I say this. This, this actually gets to me sometimes where someone says, like, you play a show and no one shows up, and then the promoter is like, man, I don't know what happened, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you really don't. But then other times, you're like, well, you didn't make a flyer. Yeah, you didn't say, didn't There was not anyone. a Facebook event. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you texted some Maybe friends like, right show. before yeah, yeah, the yeah, show yeah. and yeah. they were busy. Uh, it's on, you know, it was on the same night as this other show. Or like, sometimes there are really clear reasons why that yeah. shouldn't work. And some of them are not predictable, and then some of them are totally predictable. Totally and predictable, somebody yeah. could have done their job and yeah. made that not happen. Yeah. But, so I'm saying, I know I'm like devil's advocating myself here, but yeah. uh, but there is this aspect of the unknown where you, yeah, for, for, for better or worse, where we say like, well, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to enter into some degree of uncertainty, and sure. that can be rewarding. And that can be pummeling. <laughs> that well, can, the, that can even be the pummeling aspect of it, though, is sort of rewarding in a way, you know? Yeah, I would say, like, I'm obviously, like, I should have just stayed at home. If I really believed that, like, <laughs> I, would, I would just stay at home, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, if you knew, right, if, 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 the, if they had been like, here's what's up, it's going to be a dive bar, you probably won't make $20. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a storm tonight, just a heads up. Yeah, then I probably wouldn't have driven six <laughs> hours. But right. there is, like, I don't know, especially when you're singing, it's like, or any, I mean, any, it's true of, like, any performance. I just think with, with like, vocals, it's especially different to, like, work with a room and, and like, hear the song in the room and like react to the space and react to the to the people that are there the like two or 50 or whoever is there yeah and there's like i think like part of the risk like in like the spiritual risk of it is is not like oh this show could be like a really good one like we could really like you make bank at this show but like you could like learn like you learn cool stuff about the songs and like you're getting Mm. i'm getting better yeah you know, there's no substitute for like performing. Like you for just sure. can't practice enough. Yeah, like totally. it, there's no way to practice that. Right. Yeah. And like so you do have to like accept the risk of like some yeah. you know not. You just have ideal. to be smarter about like not like necessarily like putting your life in Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. that's the same thing, it's like driving through blizzards or crazy snows or yeah. It's just like just don't do it like Yeah, totally. Pull over like uh, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. but like the it's true though. Like I, almost, I could almost say that like my absolute favorite shows of all time were like the ones that were like no one showed up. You know what I mean? Because it's like, fuck yeah, we could just like play freely. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's weird. Anyone who's like continually doing this type of thing is like actually has a good time doing it. Yeah. So they like the show time. That weird window of time is actually the only time of day that's like worthwhile. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. To think about like an actually like a show going wrong is like yeah that your story is scary for that reason because yeah. that's like the part that's that's like <laughs> the sacred part yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, like, fuck, we could have I don't give a shit about anything but yeah. at least the show happened you know what I mean it's yeah like, that show sucked <laughs> but there's there's been some shows like that you know like really horrible ones like I remember like yeah watching the the band play during when the bunch of skinheads showed up it was yeah. like terrifying watching them because like you know they're these like teenage punk kids you know and like the band or yeah the, yeah like, well, and it was just like dude i would be sh- freaking out if i was in that situation you know yeah, i mean yeah. being accosted by gang gangbangers is scary as fuck you yeah. know what i mean like imagine like you're like on a stage like and they're just like kind of waiting for you to get off the stage right you know it's just like i mean it's like you you know you read you read stories about like that I wish to, you know, like, yeah. like, it's kind of, things are so tame these days, I mean, like, and you never really have, like, 
mean, I definitely had some pretty shitty times, but, like, I feel like everyone's pretty, like, got it kind of dialed in, like, the internet has changed a lot, I think, you know what I mean, as far as, like, getting there, leaving there, yeah, being, even being there, it's like, you can kind of be, have it more dialed in, sort of, like, you know, before, when you had literally no idea what you were doing or where you were going, it was a little freakier, you know what I mean, sure. and more... More shit can go wrong. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that just made me think of my first tour in Europe. Uh, I was the first two weeks of I was there for like three months, but for the first two weeks, I was with a band, and this is yeah, we didn't have GPS or yeah. cell phones or anything. Getting around there is totally weird. Well, I didn't realize I I think I had been to Belgium once, but I didn't realize the degree to which the country is bilingual. And our MapQuest, like printed out MapQuest directions, were in Dutch. And then the neighborhood we were in, all the street signs were in French. And so we were like, we had the directions. We arrived at the street and did not recognize it as the street and like drove around for like another at least hour and a half just trying to find the right. venue. And it was like a DIY spot, it was not marked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember it was called La Filature and it was on. Rue de la Filature, but uh, Some the Dutch for la Filature is Spinnerstraat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, we were looking for Spinnerstraat, and like, I think Spinner means like, uh, what's that called? Um, tailor or something like the seamstress or something like that mm -hmm. and la, la filature means that you know they mean the same, same thing, thing. Yeah. but you know if you don't speak french or it's dutch so it's not not helpful but we, we just like i remember we kept asking people we kept just stopping and and some people would be like spinished and they're like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. and then other people like oh yeah yeah no it's just that way like three streets that way take a right could speak dutch or whatever well some of them i knew that it was that was the street, I guess, but we would then drive and then pass it and be like, no, it's still not here. It's not anywhere around here. Where is it? curious about, like, that type of stuff, like, when you're abroad, like, the... Where we're, like... Because, obviously, certain pla the places aren't, like, English. Right. Know? But even sometimes they don't even have the same alphabet. Yeah. And so it's, like, uh, weird when you see, like the same word written spelled different ways in like a uh, Roman alphabet and it's like why is it spelled two different ways right when it's it's pronounced one way right and if it's about phonetics like why is there well a different type of like a spelling in in, in the same in, a, in, in an equally foreign right alphabet well, and that just made me think too. In, in Slavic languages, you know, the the noun itself changes. Uh -huh. Like uh, they decline nouns, and so it's like the way we conjugate verbs. They also, depending on the context, even a noun like isn't always the same thing. So like uh, like Poland is like this, where it's like Polska or Polski or Polskie. Oh, right. There's like, it's not there's not one word for Poland. There's like all these different words depending on how if it's, it's used. Yeah, sense. if it's the subject or the object, or if there's right. possession being implied or whatever. And right. I, that's definitely fucked me up. Where yeah. I'm like, I think this says that, but I what I have on my directions is not that. <laughs> right. It's a similar word. Uh, yeah, I mean, the internet has made that easier for sure, but. I don't know, I still, as far as, like, you were talking about with, like, skinheads showing up at a show, or, um, there's still that. No, for sure. There's I mean, just, like, things that happen. Weird that things that nobody flip situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, jeez, fuck. There's so many screwed up things that could take place. There was this, <laughs> this, this weird, like, mosh pit situation. There was this wasted girl, and she was, like, Wasted, you know. I thought she was gonna throw up, you know. Okay. And this dude was kind of pressing up onto her, and she kept on being like, "Fuck off," you know. Uh, but I could see her face, like she was not good. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I was trying to figure out how to like kind of 
help her out in a way. Like you're on get stage? Some, yeah, yeah. Get some room around her or yeah. something. And I put my foot on the dude's face <laughs> <laughs> and pushed him away. And like, because I was just like, you get the fuck out of here, you know? And like, and like the, um, I, you know, I, he, he fucked off, you know? And then, then she was okay, but then she fucked off and it was like, alright, cool, you're cool. Yeah. Then after the show, I immediately, like, I ran backstage, threw my guitar down, and then ran out there to find the guy and be like, let me buy you a beer, you know what I mean? Like, I totally didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> this girl was, like, about to vomit, you know? Yeah. He's trying to explain it, he's like, you know, thank you very much, that was, that really ruined the whole night for me, you know? And I was like, I'm really sorry, let me buy you a beer, and he's like, thanks, that means a lot. And so I got, buy him a beer, and then we're standing around, and then he just, like, uh, to everyone that was around, he'd be like, that fucking asshole ruined the whole show for me, you know? Get point to you? After I bought him a beer to apologize, and okay. tell him everything, <laughs> he just, like, tried to, like, spread the information that I'd ruined the show for him, because I put it, my foot on his face. Which <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm kind of impressed that you went... You tried to make it up to him. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I knew that, like, when it was happening, I was like, "This isn't, this isn't cool." <laughs> you know what I, mean? Like, I mean, I hear that, but also, but you know, I mean, I wanted to be cool. Like, I was just like, I, I'm, I'm, because I saw him kind of like dejectedly kind of leave after I pushed him away, and I was like, I, I want, I want, the, I don't want this guy to go away thinking like the spanned as a bunch of dickheads or whatever sure. you know and so I went to go find him because we're not we're actually really nice guys and we're like playing this aggressive music it's like sketchy and weird and it's like whatever but I, yeah I wanted to go buy him a beer you know yeah. and to make it cool and to like r- r- uh, save the experience for him right and he seemed to be grateful but then spent the rest of the night like trying to like sabotage our presence in the room, huh. which was amazing, because it was like a dance club, and it was like it was like you know those weird like Stockholm place turns into a dance club. Okay, <laughs> I couldn't believe it though. I was like, I fucking bought you a beer, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm. I probably. Oh man, just, he loves that story. Yeah, He's yeah telling that story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was ruining her night, right? Like, well, I just thought that like she would literally, she was literally going to either like faint, vomit whatever shit herself both all three yeah it was horrendous. she was fucked up yeah and being pressed up against by all these people and this dude behind her was completely like oblivious right and but he was also like being really like I mean he, I don't know it's just like it's so crazy to me to think that like sometimes you see this where you're like people just like have zero uh, sense of like what they're imposing on someone else. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. And so I was just like... Like, was he with her? Like, I don't even... I don't think so. Okay. Because it was literally like, this girl was like, kept on looking back at me like, get the fuck off of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, a few times, but it was like, it got to the point where I felt like she was turning green or something. Right. I was like... I was just like... This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.